What are you making right now? What are you cooking? I can hear you cooking. I'm not cooking anything. Relax. I was what chopping. No, <laughs> I wasn't. Chopping. Look, things are a little tense in the world right now. We don't need to be tense between us. Okay? I am making a sound, though. What are you chopping? <laughs> I'm not chopping anything. You were chopping something like two minutes ago. And you're gonna I'm try not to even in the kitchen. Where, well, what, you could bedroom. chop on the kitchen. You could chop in the kitchen. Okay, bedroom. you got me. You got me. I got a. I got a. I got a cutting board out on my laptop stand, and I'm cutting up uh, uh, pearl onions. Boom! Got him. Hey everybody, welcome to Tapes, 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 a podcast about old movies from our childhood. Our, who are we? Well, my name is Evan William Crockett, and this is my trusty co-also host. I'm Josh. That was so, that was nice. You, you kind of sung yours, I wanted to sing mine. That was, yeah, but it was like, you sung it in like your regular subdued way, so congratulations. Oh, thank you. Well, Josh lives in Chicago. I live in the Bay Area. We're best friends. We've been best friends for way too long. Everybody will tell you that. <laughs> we come together once a week. We record a podcast about our favorite movies from childhood. At the end of the episode, we give it a rating of either Be Kind and Rewind or Eject and Reject, denoting whether it's worth your time or whether it's simply a wreck. Wow. Uh, how you feel about those big cats in Joe Exotic? I don't. What? You're not watching. Uh, you are not, not watching. You're the. Oh, that's right. You're the only the person only, not watching Tiger King. Yeah, I'm the only person <sighs> in America not currently watching Tiger King on Netflix. Dude, dude, Netflix is Netflix is the center of. You know, we have like the center of disease. What is it? CD. CDC. Disease, Netflix is the center of like sanity disease control or something no because they're killing it right now they've put out two shows that are like the most weird out there bullshit and it's the most gobblesome thing right now meaning tiger so king funny. and what's the that there's that other one that you told me about oh love is love is blind <laughs> this episode total, is total sponsored trash. by love is blind and tiger king Check them both out now on Netflix. Streaming now. <laughs> Damn you, Carol Bastion! <laughs> well, that's right. You can just blame everything on me. The only things that I'm 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 finding myself like it's it's like Game of Thrones, where just like enough people are referencing these things that now I just know who these people are. Like I I knew who Jon Snow was and that he knows nothing, and now I know that Carol Baskin is a basket case. Oh my god, she's my favorite person. <laughs> Even though I haven't seen the show. Well, Josh, what did we watch this week? If you've been listening Jesus the past couple Christ. episodes, you probably know what we watched. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to stutter with it. We watched fucking Lethal Weapon 3. Lethal Weapon 3. Oh my <laughs> Jesus god. Jesus Christ. Part 3 of We're... our Lethal Weaponathon. Is a 1992 American action comedy film, yet again directed by Richard Donner and written by Committee, starring Mel Gip racist ass Melly Gibsies, Danny Glover, we got Joe Pesci, and we've added Renee Russo to the situation. Yeah, they're trying to add a female lead. At yeah. least. 
<laughs> yeah, they they tried their. They're trying. The writers went. We're trying. <laughs> we're trying. What do you want? Their hands are out. They're like they've got their head <laughs> tilted. They're we're trying. Their, their hands are like upward in a begging motion. We're yeah. trying, Hollywood. <laughs> Um, that's the interview so yeah this is this is part three of uh of our of our lethal weapon series um thank you josh once again i think i thanked you last time <laughs> but maybe it's maybe it's more needed for this one no spoilies um no spoilies josh do you want to you want to hit him with a synopsis? yeah all right here we go the third time i'm gonna give a lethal weapon synopsis here we go <laughs> Police officers Riggs and Murtaugh team together for the third time. I could just leave it at that. (laughs) This time, they must track down a guy who has robbed weapons from the Los Angeles Police Depot. Riggs and Murtaugh also have to deal with Leo Getz, the hectic guy from Lethal Weapon 2. He's just, he's just a, a, he's a <laughs> and he's just a hectic guy. <laughs> oh, oh boy! God. I'm sorry, Joe Pesci. Oh, oh man, that was good. Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> oh. Okay, so let's uh. So the hectic guy from Lethal Weapon 2 and Riggs <laughs> has very special problems with a young and beautiful female police officer. Oh, oh boy. That was a that was a synopsis. Thanks, Harold. Thank you, Harold. Thank you, Harold. Harold with two Harold with two A's. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yep. Harold. <laughs> unless he unless he misspelled his own name. Oh boy, oh boy. Um yeah, so Lethal Weapon 3. So um now I know we've I know we're trying <laughs> just a hectic guy. <laughs> let's let's open that one up a little bit. I'm sorry. What the fuck is this movie about? So it's another it's another cop movie. Um you know, th- this one uh, Seems like they were doing a little bit more of like paint by numbers cop story. Um, or at this least... is a different writer, I think. Right? You said it was written by committee. Yeah, it wasn't written by the the same guy. Oh no, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So the so characters I, were I, created by this guy Shane Black, but I don't see yeah. his name anywhere in in the writing. So I actually did a little bit of I actually did a little bit of research into this. I know Josh it was research total- music. No, no, no. No, it was by Axe. Okay, that was yes, Josh research music. Oh my it was, god! It was by accident though, because I was IMD being a different movie. And then it laid, led me to Shane Black's profile, and I saw okay. that he wrote Lethal Weapon 1 and 2, but not the other ones. And I was like, oh, because oh. he, he's done um, a bunch of action movies. Like, uh, he did, 
uh i know he did iron man 3 he did uh like the other guys or one of those he's done a bunch of like action the, uh, movies the nice guys of, and the predator the, the reboot nice of the predator which i thought was really good i don't know if you saw that in 2018 but um but yeah. apparently like this he like has isms that are like his own in movies where like the quippy like nature of his movies and yeah. that there's always christmas involved in his movies somehow yeah yeah the first two movies are are definitely christmas movies huh so i'm bringing a little bit to the table on in the information side for you one, know what so. though that actually like totally that. opens it up because th- this movie has a totally different feel than the first two and i was kind of trying to figure out why i was trying to like be like yeah. well why is it so different and we'll we'll get into that in in the second half here um you grew up with this one? But yeah, I grew up I grew up with with really all four, but you know, I think like I mentioned last episode, after we watched the first two, I was like, "Oh crap. I have no idea like I don't really remember what happens in 3 or 4 <laughs> because everything that I thought happened in 3 has already happened." So I was kind of like, "Ooh, what's going to happen?" Um and then after after watching it, I do remember a lot of what happens in 3, but it it clearly must have been like I, I primarily watched one and two. Um, do you remember this one less or more than the others? I'm sorry, I just the hectic guy from Leafleveds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, one one thing to add to that. That's what we have to we have to refer to him as that for the rest. There, of the, uh, there was the a, a apparently movie. when this movie was released because it was released back in '92, so we, we were both too young to have seen this. But they said that one of the big like advertising things that they did for it was they had like a they had like a you know how when you go to the movie theaters they have a little cardboard display of upcoming movies sometimes yeah so this one they had a little they had that with all three of them and then they had a little motor with Joe Pesci's head coming up and down <laughs> behind their shoulders Whoa. no I kind of I. I want to say I remember that. I might just be like I mean, you bandwagoning were, right you were now, four, but, like, but it's maybe. possible. I was really my parents were really into these movies, and they were big. Oh man! Could be. So his head's just popping up between the shoulders. Yeah, oh just God. popping up and down in a very hectic manner. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> Hectic popping is my game. Joe Pesci is my name. Oh, got him. <laughs> okay, so so what was your what was your childhood relation to this one? Do you remember this one yep. more or less? Or so there were a few. I yeah, I definitely watched this one when I was a kid. Uh, I I think the parts that I remember the most. Like, it's funny, like, I must have just watched it once in the background and, like, knew, like, oh, this is just one of those movies I have to watch. I have to like the Lethal Weapons because yeah, yeah. society or my parents or something. And the things that I remember the most from it, because there's just a few of them, are the opening credits where there's, like, flames on the yeah. lettering. They're trying to do, like, a that James really Bond familiar. situation. Yeah, and then there's a scene where Mel Gibbsies, Melly Gibbsies is <laughs> like pacifying a dog. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I remember that. I think because that was still when I was very actively uh fearful of dogs. Uh, okay. So yeah. that that made a lot of sense. So I probably paid really close attention to that scene and probably thought like, "Oh shit, is this what you do?" Is this how 
<laughs> you gotta lie down and pretend like a dog and then chew a dog tree okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah I, uh but yeah i so I, re- I remembered very little of it but there were scenes that i do remember yeah there the scene the main scenes that i remember <clears throat> are the like the the whole subplot with with danny glover's son um and it and it's his friend who is involved in that one gang and he he ends up shooting him and he doesn't know that it's his son's friend um so i remember that and and i specifically remember like the little father son bonding moment when they're in the bathroom and his son is shaving and he's like you gotta go with the grain and his son's like what and he's like look look here go with the grain then you won't nick yourself and it was like Okay, I kind of remember that from when I was a kid. Um, wow, have we established that you do a pretty good Danny Glover? Oh, thanks. Yeah, let's just just I, swallow a cup of gravel and then you're there. <laughs> I'm getting sick of this shit. See, that doesn't sound too good to me. Well, you're not a you're not a natural baritone. Yeah. Is it? I'm up here. <laughs> See, I can't do that kind of stuff. You did the, you did a really good um, Jim Carrey. Remember? I did. Yeah, you did a really good like Jim Carrey. Um, wait, why? Why are we talking about that? Okay, I should just take the compliment. <laughs> thank okay. you. Yeah, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, also, thank you. Huh, compliments, not a complicated thing on this podcast ever, or in our, or in my life. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I remember that, and then I also remember the uh, like the scene with with racist ass Melly Gibbsies and um, uh, oh, and what's her name, Renee Russo, when they're like comparing scars, you know, mm-hmm. or they're like comparing battle scars, and it's like the weirdest. Like Morgan had never seen this movie before, and you know, it it was kind of like, all right, ladies, you've got a character now, and <laughs> Morgan's reaction to that scene was just like utter horror <laughs> i wish you could have seen her face while we were watching that scene yeah you know you know sienna uh, kind of tried to zone in while this movie was on and she gave up like five minutes in good for her i think she was trying to like set up a printer <laughs> you know it's actually some uh the funny what we were talking about like advertising uh just a couple minutes back about like the cardboard pop-up of oh uh, yeah yeah uh-huh. hectic little boy from uh lethal weapon <laughs> you 2 gotta stop i think <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I think that's actually. I think I remember the advertising of this movie more than the movie itself. If I think mm. about like my childhood, because I remember, I remember these posters and like the kind of images for the movie so distinctively. Like, you know, the back to back of uh, Danny and Mel, and then him in the middle. Like, I remember seeing that image like everywhere well and apparently this was the highest grossing installment in the series overall so and that's kind of surprising it it is the third one to like and you know we'll get into how we feel about the movie but i don't know i'm just i'm very it looks it's very different uh but in terms of like when you walk into the movie before you start it i don't really understand what would make people float to this one versus the other two yeah, it just took that long to build the audience. I don't know, and you would you would think that I don't know. I mean, I don't know what was going on in '92. Maybe maybe there were other movies that like Joe Pesci was in that everybody was like, "Oh yeah, I, I do want to see the little hectic guy again," or or these these other guys. But did Goodfellas finally come out? 
Uh, I can't remember, and I'm too lazy to look it up. But I think I that know. it's it's clear that we need to talk about our own <laughs> because that is very surprising, and we need to get into our own experience with the movie. But we need to do so right after this short break. Hey, tapes, tapes, tapes fans! We have exciting news to share. Evan is doing a guest spot on episode 213, that's episode 213 of the PJC cast. The PJC cast explores hypothetical situations and would you rather questions. It's super fun. You can find them on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Play. Well, you can actually find them any place that you would find tapes, tapes, tapes. Don't forget, our boys Evan and Josh love to get fan mail. You can send them an email at 88tapesbaby at gmail.com. Hope you're staying healthy during this tough time. We appreciate you listening, and we're happy to be injecting some fun distraction into this surreal hellscape. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lethal Wepion Trace. Um, so yeah, we, we got to get into this because there, there's some disparity here. This movie made the most of all of the Lethal Weapon movies. Um, and we haven't seen four yet. It, it comes out six years later. Well put. We haven't seen four yet. <laughs> we haven't seen four yet, but I got to tell you, I don't know what, I don't know what Shane Black's whole deal is, but apparently he is what was keeping these movies like relatively entertaining because I did not have a good time with like, yeah. the weapon. Okay. Three. Lay it on me. Let, what do you, what do you think? I just felt like they weren't trying anymore. Like it, from the very first scene, the dial, I mean, racist has Melly Gibbs and Danny Glover still have like a pretty good chemistry. Like I, I like watching the two of them. Um, they're both very watchable. But their dialogue was so bad, and it felt like they were maybe improvising, and just the improv wasn't very strong, or like a lot of the humor in this movie was falling totally flat for me. Um, so it just it just made it like, uh, it. And even when Joe Pesci was on screen, and he he still like is the funniest part of these movies. Like even his stuff was just kind of okay, but it was like it was so welcome to what was going on with with everybody else in the movie. And I don't know, man. I just I just felt like the bad guy wasn't all that interesting. He was just kind of like he was evil just for evil's sake. I didn't I didn't really understand his motivation. I don't know. They just it didn't seem like it was as carefully constructed as the first two were. Sure. Uh yeah i I don't know i mean do do you did you have a different opinion like did you love it well <laughs> <laughs> you're reading my tone uh well for i want to get some, something out of the way really quickly this is three for three no cyborg ninja so i've only got one more movie <laughs> dude i'm i'm not i think the over under on that is very much against your favorite that there's a uh, cyborg ninja. i don't know i'm still i'm still i'm still holding out hope that there's something <laughs> like or related to or something in the world of cyborg ninjas okay so. now you're making it too broad that there could be something in the Shut world up. no no that's what i've always said <laughs> i've always said something similar in the world of or ninja like 
<laughs> All right. That's what I've always said. So, so deal with it. Okay. Okay. No. So you know, I I watched this movie and I had a very. It sounds like I had a very different experience. Yeah. Sounds like it. Because I I got into it and the first scene of them defusing the bomb, I actually really liked the dialogue. <sighs> uh, purely because it was the first time I felt like I was watching kind of like the the action franchise, you know, it's like, because as soon as the movie starts, it's like, hey, here's two characters that we already know that you like, and we're going to rely on that. You like Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, so here yeah. they're going to do some stuff. Right. But that first scene of them defusing the bomb, I actually really liked their chemistry of just kind of it felt like off-the-cuff improvising. And it was still kind of funny. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought the jokes themselves were bad, and it was like it didn't quite have the same punch of like quip, you know, quip, quipping along the way that we have. But I really liked that first scene, and I got really mm-hmm. excited. Every other scene after that, I couldn't fucking watch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so here's here's what happened. Here's here's my trajectory. I wa- I watched that first scene. I was like, yeah, and then I was really on board for like the first two scenes. And then I was watching it with Sienna and I actually checked out for the second half of the movie. So I went, oh, yeah, fuck, I got to rewatch it. So I actually rewatched the whole the second half of the movie again today. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, I watched it twice (laughs) because I was like, shit, I don't remember any of it. Yeah. So I watched the second half again. To be honest with you, like I checked out or I didn't I didn't check out like I was watching it with intention, but I don't really remember I mean, the, the things that I remember, even though I watched it with intention, are like, if I'm sitting here thinking about it, like, I remember the two of them fighting on the boat because uh, Danny Glover is like, put himself into a drunken stupor because he killed that kid who was his son's friend. Um, there's the there's the memorable moments that I mentioned before about, like, Rene Russo and Millie Gibson's giving, like, comparing yeah. battle scars. Um I guess I remember the whole theme of like, oh my god, they have like bull- am- armor-piercing bullets. Yeah, even that was kind of loose. But I don't, I really don't remember much like beat by beat what happens in the movie. I just, it's like, oh yeah, and, and at the end, it's because they fight in like yeah. an a or in like an in-process construction site for whatever reason. Like the bad guys are just there, and I don't know why they're there. Well, this movie, you know, it's interesting because it's very clear it's a different writer for the movie. Yes. Like, right from the start, you're like, okay, somebody else is in control. And I think the reason I liked it, but then I learned to dislike it, was because it <laughs> felt like the writing for me supported the actors and kind of like, hey, here's two things that we don't really need to work too hard on, which is the chemistry of these two guys. So let's just let them do that. The problem is... Whoever this writer was, it didn't feel like they were a very strong action comedy writer because the pacing, the scene structure, even the action itself was all boring and kind of like tiringly strung together. Like you had nothing to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with that. And and I just think like they didn't like beat to beat. it, It really didn't feel like they thought through like oh, okay we we want this chase scene to go onto a highway and then for the highway to end and then i guess mel gibson falls off the highway with a motorcycle oh yeah oh shit 
yeah, like that just was weird. Like it didn't, yeah, it didn't look high stake. It, I feel like uh, I don't know. There just wasn't moment to moment connective tissue was just totally gone. <laughs> it seemed like this yeah, this but, movie is like a worn out kneecap or something. Like there's no cartilage left. But it's it's sad though because I, I really do I really did like some of like the banter that Mel Gibson and Danny Glover had like it was just it felt very like free form They've and it was still kind got of funny good chemistry and was, yeah and and it was like some of it was like it it felt like jokes that were finally like we have to be a serious action movie it's just like no this is fucking stupid let's just do some weird stuff like the scene where they were two cops sure. oh yeah after the first scene and they were like. The guy came over was a jaywalker, and Mel Gibson was like, "I'm just gonna kill this guy." Which fuck that, but it was like this whole bit, and it felt very organic. And I was like, "That, that had potential to be funny if it was, uh, I guess, a different director and writer." Yeah, I mean, it, it was a funny concept for the two of them to be like to go back to being beat cops again, and and for you like it, it was funny in concept. But in execution, yes. it just wasn't. Just ended up kind of making me a little uncomfortable. Like especially watching it nowadays with all of the all of the stuff about cops that we've all learned over the years, and like we all have kind of a different relationship to cops. I feel like. Yeah, and they're just like these cops can get away with whatever they want whenever they want because they're Melly Gibbsies and Danny Glovey. Danny <laughs> Glovey. Um. Yeah, well, okay, that that's that's a relief because I thought that you were gonna like be on, <laughs> on board the entire movie. I mean, yeah, if you, if you like the bomb sequence at the beginning, I, I guess that's probably I, I, the closest I to so classic excited. lethal weapon. Yeah. Well, because like you know, I one of the forms I just love the you know kind of mixed improvised form in in screenwriting because it lets kind of like the organic chemistry of the actors and what they think of kind of come up on screen. So when yeah. I saw that, I was like, fuck yeah, this is going to support this movie so well. Cause it's already kind of a send up of, you know, cop action stuff and it's totally non-believable. So, and I thought the first scene went well. So I was like, yeah, I'm fucking on board. Mm. But then it buckled out under its own plot and <laughs> everything and pretty much anything that can happen on a movie, just it all it all kind of buckled. So, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, I was I was disappointed. I had high I had high hopes going into it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean that that's 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 a lot of how I feel too. Like I, I and I've and I've talked to other people, you know, being like, oh, we're doing a Lethal Weapon series, and a lot of people have been like, Lethal Weapon is my childhood. So I I think this was like. We're not alone in that we watched this movie or, or all of these movies, but for for this one for sure is like for me is like uh oh where's it gonna go with four? Um, I'm definitely more nervous about four, but maybe four will be like Con Air, where like it's so bad it's good again. I fucking hope so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting too old for this shit. Um. Any other moments we should talk about? The the music is still... We still got Eric Clapton doing his thing. You know, I'm getting numb to it. Like, it happens, and I'm like, <laughs> all right. You, your tolerance is built up to the, like, weird Eric Clapton blues licks? It's it's not like a tolerance. It's just, like, a, a sad indifference. Because, like, I hear it, and I'm oh, like, God. Jesus Christ. Oh, I think it's just so... I can't stand it. It's so <laughs> ham-bony. It's like, every time there's a moment for an actor to, like, look ch- to be challenged or to look 
like they have a decision to make, it's got to be overshadowed by some like. <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's I'm not to stop. It's not as exaggerated as the the first one is definitely like the worst in terms of the the most. It gets under my skin. Over exaggerated, but I think I think with this, there's enough like upbeat action sequences that are happening that it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't stick out as much, but the the first one is sure. definitely like they they were creating a motif with with that. Um. All right, do do we need to say anything else about this, or, or are we ready to wrap it up? Last thing, uh, just for something from my childhood. So, I, you, I mean, you take the train. I don't know if you guys have the same thing that we do in Chicago, where when you're looking at the train tracks, you have the third rail. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we do have that. And what do you know about the third rail? Uh, you're not supposed to touch it? What, what do right, you mean? Because it could kill you, right? Yeah, yeah. So from what I've learned, like, you know, it's not as like, you know, it's still dangerous. You don't want to touch it, but it's not quite as like deadly or like there's still ways to be yeah, like safe if you about immediately it. touch it, you're going to explode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought that for a very long time. I thought it was like fire and inferno. Like you just get like, you know, it just kills you in a blaze of glory and electricity. Yeah. I think one of the reasons I thought that was because of this movie. For sure. Yeah, I, I thought that, too. And I also thought that because of... um because of this and also because of Tommy Boy when Rob Lowe pees on that electric thing. Right, yeah, we talked about, yeah. I just it's was it's like, it's if it's you it's touch it's anything electric, then you're going to explode. <laughs> and I think that still actually is in my mind at least somewhat today. Like, if I'm walking along a street or if I come to a crosswalk and there's a like an exposed, you know how they'll have the power line that like has a little bit of metal shielding around it, but like you could touch the power line if you wanted to. Yeah. My instinct is always to just stay as far away from that thing as possible. When like in reality, there's no way they would make it unshielded if you couldn't reach out and grab it. Or specifically to San Francisco, you know, when you step over the little piece of road where, you know, the trolley is like ride and it always has oh, that yeah. like kind of electric sound to it. Yeah, yeah. I would always like run across those super fast because I was like, yeah, oh, this is, oh it's I, the high voltage. Load. I don't like to step on those, but that's a different, that's a whole different system because it's, uh, oh, you're talking about the trolleys, not the, um, not the uppy downy things. The, um, what's that called? I'm talking about the, the, the San Francisco, you know, ding, ding, those things. What are, what are those? The trolleys. They're trolleys. Well, but there's there's I'm one. I'm not talking that, about the bus. There's one like the that, electric bus. There's one that um is it's on a pulley system. It's not electric, but there is one that is electric. I don't remember. Wait, the thing that like goes up and down the it, steep it, hills. It, yeah. That's not electric. That's, that's a, a pulley. Yeah, system? it's a pulley system. But there is another one that's by the wharf that is electric. And you can you can walk on those too, but it's I always get scared because I always, I'm a child. I think I always oh I think I always thought that those were electric. I <laughs> we're both we're both. Hey, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Josh, it's it's about that. While I while I Google it, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's it's not that way, but. Uh, What do you give 1992's Lethal Weapon 3? 
Reject and reject. I'm not going to beat around the bush. And I'm not even going to give it something special because I was so let down by this movie. I, and eject and reject three times three. Whoa. Times three. No, just eject and reject three. It doesn't re- deserve three different. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, it's a, and it's a three in a fire font. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to have to eject and reject this one. Um, and like I said in an earlier episode, I think that I, I might have to go back and revise my rating for the first one. Um, you know, I, I think I'll wait until after Can't we watch the next one, um, just to see, like, okay, in, in the grand scheme of things, like which ones of these are, you know, hashtag required viewing. Um, but no, dude, you're not allowed to do that. Yes, I'm going. Well, I don't give it. It's my podcast. I've- you can't re it's my podcast too well it's our podcast i have so many ratings that i've given for movies that i feel terrible about and you gotta live with your those ratings you gotta <laughs> lay with them every night before you go to bed and think about them and think about all those people that you affect with those ratings when you just think of them right off the top of your head you have to fucking live with that you can't change it <laughs> Can't change it. Okay, well, whatever. Maybe maybe I'll start my own little side podcast. It's a critique of this podcast, and it'll be called Josh, Josh, Josh. And I'll critique all the little decisions that you make. Huh? Okay. That's that's a lot of work. I don't want to do that. I'll produce that podcast for you. You'll produce you. it. Okay. Okay, well, then great. I, then I won't... There's not any extra work for me. Um, do you oh. have any... I know that we've given like recommendations every one of these, um, but do you have any that 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 jump to mind as like a good body buddy cop movie? For specifically Lethal Weapon three, <sighs> probably a Jackie Chan movie, uh, like like Rush Hour. Well, no, not Rush Hour. We did but that for like one cast. of his other movies. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking like. Like there's like big trouble in uh, no not big trouble in little China. <laughs> you know just I, I I was watching this movie and going like okay Hollywood really wants Mel Gibson to be like this can do anything like hunk you know yeah stunt action man and I just it he doesn't do it for me like maybe it was just this movie that fell short and being able to kind of like highlight that but i don't even really think they did it that well with the first well no they did it better eh, they probably did it better in the first movie but this time they were really like he's going to do all the stunts and it's going to be crazy and i'm like i don't buy that with mel gibson like, mm. I just don't yeah okay well i just now that you've critiqued to, yeah. mel gibson again do you have a recommendation for what people should watch <laughs> instead of this a Jackie Chan movie. I wish I could be more specific than that. Uh, I can't. God, but you can't do it. Movies? All right. Well, that that's okay. Um, no, my answer is no. <laughs> Mine. My answer is um, Hot Fuzz. Did you ever see Hot Fuzz? Yeah, I've seen it a thousand times. Oh, dude, Hot Fuzz is great. I love Hot Fuzz. Um, and that's not that's not based on like. Because of this movie, I'm thinking about Hot Fuzz. It's more like, I just like Hot Fuzz, and it's also a buddy cop movie, so fuck it. <laughs> well, that's like the buddy cop movie, like the meta buddy cop, because they like in that movie, they talk about like the movie Bad Boys and emulate it. And yeah, they do. They do a lot of like, yeah, there, there's a lot of inside humor with it, but it also is a good buddy cop movie. Like 
and it, it's got an interesting subplot and it's got you know it's got all the the same things that um what's his name well, it's sean pegg and that one, edgar wright yeah do. it's that one writer director that did all their movies uh edgar oh, wright so good Edgar Wright, yeah and nick yeah simon pegg and nick frost so if you if you like Shaun of the dead you'll you'll love hot fuzz as well or the end of the world which i think that's what it's oh called. that's a that is a really good one yeah that that trilogy um maybe that's the next series no we can't do that it's cheating no more series no more se- <laughs> i'm i'm with you this was a bad idea <laughs> hey covid <laughs> oh no all right everybody well on that note thank you so much for listening to this episode of tapes 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 um we love you we mean it josh let's hear something just go Okay. This is the sound of me punching away your troubles and your sorrows about your current situation. And just know that Evan and Josh, like this punching bag that I'm hitting, will always be here for you to release your energy onto namaste. <laughs> namaste. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye.